All right, welcome to the Red Triangle Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Kozlowski. Joining me tonight, Shane Stein. Hey, good to be here, Matt. And Kyle Stramera. Hey, how are you doing tonight? I'm right. How's it going? Going pretty good. Cardinals-Reds series right now. Lucky the two of us can even talk. I guess it's not a big deal when one of the teams isn't competitive, but um, the Reds are playing them tough. You had to throw that in there, didn't you? Just not being competitive. I was talking about the Cardinals. They're, they're, <laughs> um, yeah, no, the Cardinals are, they just bother me because you got to sweep the Reds. Yeah. And they didn't. So, um, you know, just dealing with dropping a game to the Braves and dropping a game to the Reds and the Brewers and getting shut out by Zach Davies, that kind of stuff. Just, I can't, can't deal with that kind of stuff. So, whatever. Um, all right, a little housekeeping. Find us on Twitter at Red Triangle Twenty Three. Find the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, rate review, um, five star ratings are preferred. Uh, we'd appreciate letting you guys know, letting us know that you guys are out there listening tonight. Um, Going to talk about six guys that are absolutely just stinging the baseball, and their value I think is uh, skyrocketing. And then six pitchers that I think. Um, just have some interesting storylines with what's going on around them this year. So we're going to talk about 12 guys tonight. Um, but I think, Shane, you have some trivia for us first. I do. Uh, last last week, uh, I think the question that I gave you guys was a little tougher than I anticipated. So Which one was it? Uh, it was the active career uh, strikeout leaders. Oh, yeah. Uh, seemed we we struggle a little bit to find some guys, the old older pitchers in the league. Um, I think this one will be a little bit easier. So I was just doing some some looking around this week and some numbers that usually catch my eyes. Manny Ramirez has a ridiculous record of twenty nine career postseason home runs. <laughs> I'm wondering if you can name the four active players that have at least fifteen. Carlos Beltran. He does. He has 16 home runs in the postseason. Alex Rodriguez. He does not. Ah. That's a bad guess, dude. Albert, Why? Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols is the active leader with 19. Because he was in the playoffs every year as a Cardinal. Uh, Matt Holliday. He is not on the list. It's another bad guess, man. You're just saying that when he says that I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> then start, start, wrong. start being right. Um, all right, let me think here. David Ortiz. That's he, a great guess. He is second at 17 home runs in the postseason. Kind of shocked me that Pujols was ahead of him. I, I, yeah. I mean, you think of Ortiz in postseason, I mean, but Pujols has two more. One more name up there. I feel like B.J. Upton hit 20 that one year. <laughs> yeah, I don't, think, I don't think he's going to be on the list. No, nah, but he was a monster that year. Um, so, I think... Could it be a, an old Philly? I was thinking Utley, but 
Um, yeah, I'll say Utley. It is not Utley. Um, speaking of what Kyle said about Upton's big year, the other name on this list is tied with Barry Bonds and Carlos Beltran for the most homers in one postseason. Oh, that just happened. It's not Justin up now. He's on that team now, isn't he? Who's on that team? Gonna give you guys 30 seconds. Maybe one more oh. guess each. I don't know. The guy I was just thinking about was Daniel Murphy, but that obviously... He had seven last year, which was one short of the record for yeah. homers in a postseason. You got anything for us, Kyle? Um, I do not. Well, it happened in what was my favorite postseason of recent memory, and probably one of yours, Matthew. Oh. Uh, Nelson Cruz. Oh, yeah, he was Had really 16 good. home runs as well. <clears throat> had eight in 2011. Um, he was really good that year. He was good for the Rangers he, in uh, 2011. He, he was even greater when he could not catch David Freeze's fly ball to right field <laughs> that tied up game six. So, thanks, <laughs> Nelly. Appreciate you uh, not knowing how to play defense. <laughs> that was great. Still think we should have went to St. Louis for game seven. We should have. Still disappointed we did not. <laughs> uh, I think it would have been a great time to see if we could sneak in. Yeah, that my dad was loving life. That uh, those last two days, that was that was good times. Haven't won the World Series since, so <laughs> hate the Giants and hate the Red Sox. All right, uh, first guy I want to talk about Will Myers tonight. Um, Will Myers kind of sparked a generic question in my mind about guys who used to be top prospects, so. In my opinion, and I want to see how you guys feel about this, I think there's a ton of value in finding these 24, 25, 26, 27-year-old players who were former top prospects who people are down on. You know, Shane, we talked about in the offseason, we were talking, I think, about Dustin Pedroia, and you said that I love zagging when everybody else is zigging. And I did that with Myers this year in a couple leagues, and so far... It's paying off huge dividends. You guys consider that a viable strategy on some of these guys that it's almost like um, they're coming down from their prospects prospect hype. Well, there's certainly some value to it. Um, I'm not going to say that it works out every time. Clearly, that's not going to be the case. But I mean, sometimes you just need to let. Nowadays, we have such a problem. I think with anointing guys, the next best player in the league. Right when they're fresh out of the coming up from the minors, 22, 23-year-old kids, and we're expecting them to play at uh, an incredible level, and it just doesn't happen. It doesn't mean they're not good players. It just sometimes you have to adjust to to how to play in the big leagues. Um, it's a little different beating up on young kids in single A, double A, and then you get to the to the bigs and you're, you're facing <clears throat> established players. So I don't think that the talent ever went anywhere for Will Myers. It's just it took him a little while to. To get adjusted, and now obviously it's paying off because uh, he's clearly clearly off to a great start this year. Um, just, provi- I mean, probably provided great value in every draft. Anyone that got him this year probably got him pretty late or a pretty decent price. 
Yeah, I think uh, I think it's just a product of being in this social media era, and um, you know all the player comparisons, the hype that comes when a player gets called up. Um, and yeah, I think I think it's definitely a viable strategy to come back in on these guys that you know had all the hype and then didn't live up to it for a couple of years uh, because obviously the talent was there at some point. People saw it. So, um, like Shane said, sometimes it takes just a little bit longer to to get there. I, I think we're even at fault. I mean, we do our, our player comps at the end of the night, and we're usually pretty generous with what we do. I mean, we're, we're saying a lot of big not, big names when we compare these guys. Um, I don't necessarily think we believe they're going to all live up to those, but, I mean, it's kind of just what they remind us of at this point. Yeah. Uh, maybe what they could be or what they, <clears throat> they remind us of when we see them. And we've never seen them fail at that point, so it's like... Yeah, it's hard to, to say, hey, this guy is going to turn out to be just an average run-of-the-mill guy. Um, it's hard to make that distinction now when, when you've seen most of them dominate at the levels they have been in the minors. Yeah, you're. Um, I wanted to say, too, that there's another player that you're hitting on this year, Nick Castellano, similar type of production from a similar uh, pedigreed prospect. Yeah, I mean, I just kind of picked my spot with him this year. He was one guy that I targeted, and so much hype around him for two, three years coming out. Big body, um, expected some power, and, and just never really developed. Um, and it seems like this year he's finally figured it out. Um, obviously, I think the batting average is a little little bullish on, on him right now. I think that comes back to earth a little bit. But it seems like he's starting to figure it out a little bit, maybe making some adjustments to, to the major league pitching, and you're seeing it pay off. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about Myers. Um, you know, one of the issues with him has been health. So if he can stay healthy, you know, right now, Myers is 12 homers, 33 RBIs, he's hitting 294, seven steals. He said in the off season that he was going to have a 2020 season, and that alone is pretty much why I chased him. Um, because these guys that have talent. When they tell you that they're going to go out and do something, I feel like they want to do that. Um, like, they want to go out and prove people wrong. Machado said it last year. He said, I'm going to have a 2020 season. And he had his best season of his career until this year. And, you know, some of these guys that you know the talent's there, they just they need to be motivated. And I think he's motivated right now. And, and he's been the lone bright spot on the Padres. And I'm excited about being a Will Myers owner right now. So going to hold on him for a little bit. Yeah, I think you have to. I mean, it's it's hard to get rid of that guy right now. He's he fills up so many categories, um, runs, RBIs, home runs, um, and and the home runs has to be. I mean, kind of what you're most excited about. I think. Yeah. I mean, you're not really expecting a guy. He already has twelve. You're not really expecting that kind of pop from him. You're expecting him to fill the other categories. I think. Yeah. Um, well, the seven steals I think is the most surprising thing for me. Um, definitely knew Will Myers had some pop in his game. 12 homers, including three in the last two nights. Definitely didn't expect that, but, you know, I thought he had a chance to hit 2025 this year. He's kind of trending towards 30 right now, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, speaking to uh, hanging on to him, I just, I think that's a no-doubter because I don't know a lot of people that would uh, be in the market of buying for what he's producing at this point. Um, you know, a lot of people get down on guys because they play in San Diego 
uh, a guy whose track record has not been overly impressive. Um, so, yeah, I don't see any reason to ever move this guy at this point. Yeah, you know, it, it's frustrating, I think, because I think Will Myers is like the second or third rated first baseman right now in a lot of leagues. Um, and it's frustrating when I think I think you're spot on in that people don't realize probably how well he's doing. Um, so it would be frustrating, I think, to try and move him because I'd be looking to get comparable value. And like you said, I'm just not going to get that right now, so... It seems like you have a couple of those guys. It's, it's kind of like uh, Gerardo Parra, I feel like. Yep. Um, VR. Jonathan VR. I mean, like these guys are playing exceptionally well. It's just, I feel like they're for, kind of forgotten guys that they just don't get as much pub for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, it, it's just tough to move those guys. They're carrying me, though, so. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep going. Um, next guy, Ian Desmond. Uh, my question for you gentlemen tonight how much do you buy into Ian Desmond uh, long term doing this kind of stuff? Um, or is he just a guy that's going out there doing whatever he can to get an, a big deal in the offseason knowing they left so much money on the table uh, this year? And just to give you guys Desmond's numbers, hitting 309, 8 homers, 43 runs, 38 RBIs, 12 steals. He's just playing completely out of his mind. Um I think I know what Shane's going to say, but let's see. I think you thought you knew what I was going to say. <laughs> um, man, I don't like Desmond, <laughs> but I think I'm in. Oh, wow. I think, I, I think I'm in. Yep, you shocked um, me. You shocked me. You know I don't like him that much, but I I like what Texas is doing. Uh, that's a good ball club, good offense. Um, they, they can score. and Obviously, this guy's playing at the best clip that he's Pretty much of his career. So, I, I think I'm in for the rest of this year, definitely. Um, uh, like back to your question, dynasty-wise, eh. But uh, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm holding on to, to Desmond. The value at shortstop that he's providing for the rest of this year in that offense, uh, I'm in for that. I do not like Ian Desmond at all. Um... But, man, it's hard to argue with what he's doing. Um, so, yeah, I guess I, I guess I have to sing the same, same tune that Shane is. Uh, I would be a buyer for this year, but after that, I just don't think I want him. And I think it's just because he's Ian Desmond. Yeah, and I, I just agree with you guys. I think this is exactly what he's doing. He's just going out there. He's going to cash in this offseason. You know, there's... Maybe it's the move to the outfield that helped him. Um, I'd be interested to, you know, see how much truth there is to that. Um, I hope that whoever signs him in the offseason doesn't try to play him back at shortstop. Yeah, you got to believe there there's some kind of ridiculous deal coming somewhere for this guy, right? It's going to um, be crazy. It's going to be a way overpayment, I, I would imagine, from someone. I don't know where it's going to come from, but some, someone's going to do it. <laughs> Um, I, I, I wouldn't want to be the team that does. Um, I, I think this is a one-time one time deal for Desmond. It's going to be your Braves. Uh, I really doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're kind of set. Well, I was going to say they're set in the middle infield, but Desmond doesn't play there anymore just in fantasy baseball, which is what's great about this game. George Springer, next guy. 
George Springer, uh, question, is he going to be a first-round pick next year? Uh, he's hitting 281, 14 bombs, 37 RBIs, 41 runs scored. Only three steals. Um, be interested to see if that picks up, but a 502 slug. Another guy that's just hitting the cover off the ball. He's been red hot as of late uh, since he moved into the leadoff spot for the Astros. Um, I think he's just outside round one. He's uh, right at the turn kind of for me, early round two. Um, I guess it depends how many teams are in your league. Uh, if he's a, if it's a 16-team league, I think he's in the, he's in the first round. So he's probably right around that 13, 14, 15 range for me. Um, and he's a guy that kind of, I guess me and you maybe have to eat a little bit of dirt on. Um, I think we were both not as high on Springer as, as some people last year. Yeah. Um, and he's really been, been incredible this year. We did get him in a league though this year. Uh, I mean, we do have him in two leagues. So, two leagues, we did yeah, get him. I mean, so we, we obviously had some value. I think we got some, got him for a good price in two of our leagues. Yeah. And, and it's paying dividends for us there, but Still, even even with that being said, I don't think we were very high on the guy, and it still ended up working out for us. Yeah, I think uh, I think in a twelve team league, he's in the first round. Um, I have him right around eleven, twelve, I guess, uh, for next year. So, yeah, um, you know, a young guy that has a lot of potential, uh, a power speed guy. Obviously, stolen bases are down some this year, like you mentioned, Matt, but. Uh, excited just to see how he continues to play. Um, he hits the ball very hard, so he's always exciting to watch. Yeah, um, I'm just wondering if we can think of like Shane. What what do you think the first round looks like right now for next year? Is that what you're kind of looking yeah, at? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm looking at right now. I mean, I'm looking at names. Obviously, you have the Harper, Trout, Kershaw. Um, have names like Arenado, Machado. Machado. Uh, I still have Goldschmidt above him. Um, trying to think, of what what other names? Uh, I think of Josh Donaldson still. Yeah. Still ahead of him. Yep. Um. I I don't think Correa is going to be a first rounder next year. Mookie Betts is. Mookie Betts. Correa is the interesting one for me because he was a kind of guy late first round. This year, that was that was definitely ahead of Springer. Um, and then the names after that start getting interesting. So maybe he is in that. Uh, you guys out on Stanton and McCutcheon as uh, first rounders? I think so. I think I'd take Springer before both of them. What about Marte? Uh, that would be a coin toss, maybe. I still think Marte is a second rounder. So maybe maybe Springer is a late Ma- first round. Maggie. Uh, um, you still got to put Mickey right in that conversation. He's probably late first round. Um, I think Springer's going to be um, compared to the way he's going to be looked at the way Betts was looked at this year. Um, if you're on that elbow, you know, picking 11, 12, and then coming back around 13, 14, I think that's right where Springer goes and could be any one of those spots. Maybe, maybe this is a good question. Is there another pitcher besides Kershaw that you take ahead of Springer? Well, we talked pitch, we talked sale. pitchers last week, and we have Arietta and Sale. Um, I I think my number two pitcher next year is going to be Jose Fernandez. 
um, ahead of Ariad and Sale. The strikeouts are just insane. And if he can pitch this whole season, um, then I'm going to be in on Jose next year. So That's a, that's a big statement from you. That's, I'm... <laughs> Put a put a pretty big smile on my face there. Are you uh, buttering up Shane for some coffee? <laughs> no, no, I'm I, really not. Um, I took a lot of heat this off season and then early in the season. Uh, I told you it was all injury related. I didn't. <laughs> I don't doubt the skills. Um, just I did not think that he was going to stay healthy this whole year. So it's good to have another guy on board. Uh, I'm happy that you're happy you're jumping over onto my side. Yeah. I said if he stays healthy. So hopefully, that's not the curse right there. You know what I've done on this podcast before. <laughs> uh, all right, next guy, Eduardo Nunez. Um, shortstop for the Twins. Nine homers and only 205 plate appearances. Uh, also has 12 stolen bases. This dude is just getting it done right now. Uh, 531 slug. If you picked him up right now, you are just riding this wave and you're really excited about it. Can he keep doing this? How how legit is what Eduardo Nunez is doing for you guys? Well, I'd imagine this question hurt pretty badly for both of us, Kyle. Um, yeah. I think I think both of us picked him up and gave him a tryout, and then cut him loose pretty quickly. And I think we're we're both probably pretty upset about that. Uh, Nunez had a short stay on both our clubs, and I'm k- kind of kicking myself for for dropping him so quickly because uh, clearly the guy's on fire. Clearly. Um, I don't think it sticks though. I'm gonna I'm gonna go that Nunez cools off pretty significantly. Um, I don't see much in his track record that leads me to believe that this is gonna be a sustainable pace. Um, once again, he he's maybe in that 28 years old range, just like kind of like Will Myers, um, not as highly touted as Will Myers, but so maybe maybe he's figured something out. But I just think that. This guy's just playing at his peak level right now, and there's 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 going to be some regression in the second half. Um, I'm on the other side of the fence. I think he's going to continue to play well. Slight regression, but uh, legitimate shot at 2020, and I'm not happy about that because, as Shane said, he had a stay on my team. And then the Twins didn't play the next day, so I dropped them. And I streamed somebody else at shortstop. Yeah, I'm, I have a hard time buying into Nunez doing this. I don't know. <sighs> kind of reminds me of you a little bit of what Devin Travis did last year. Um, I don't know. I mean, has Nunez ever been this good? He was with the Yankees for a while. He was with the Yankees for about He showed some flashes. Years. But never anything like this. I mean, he Power never really got a combo. full chance, obviously, playing yeah. playing behind Jeter and just never really got a full season of bats. I mean, coming into this year, the most at-bats he had was 309 in, uh, in 2011. Uh, hit 265. So he was he had 22 stolen bases that year. So, I mean, the, the speed could be can be counted on. Um, it's, it's the home run potential, I think, is the the big thing right now. And obviously the batting average is, is insane so far. So... I think he comes back down to earth. I think he's more more of a 280 guy to me, 280, 290. Um, not, not an over 300 hitter for me. And the power, I mean, obviously off to the great start, but I, I coming in this year, the most he had in a year was, was five. So I'm thinking more along the lines of somewhere around 15 to 
maybe gets to 20 if he stays hot. All right, I'm going to move over to another shortstop, Corey Seager. Uh, he had a monster week last week. I think he had five or six home runs. He's up to 14 now for the season. Really been, I think, the best player on the Dodgers uh, so far this year. Um, my question for you guys related to Corey Seager, will he be the top shortstop in fantasy baseball at the end of this season? Well, other than Manny Machado. That, <laughs> yeah, I always forget about that. When you posed this question, I was like, um... No. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, I don't think he will. I think Bad uh, question, other than Machado. I think Manny Machado will, will be the top-rated shortstop by the end of the year. Um, but that doesn't mean that Corey Seager can't give him a run for his money. Uh, this kid can just flat-out hit. Um, another guy I used to own, I think we, we both used to own. Yep, I don't want to talk about um, it. We got, both got rid of him, but I think we both got pretty good value for it at the time. So this, yeah. guy, just, this guy just hits. I mean, he's hit his whole career in the minors. Now that he's up, he, he just flat-out hits. He's not going to catch Machado, but no reason to believe he can't be 3, 2-3, three, right there with Bogarts, maybe a little little behind Bogarts. Yeah, you said the name that I was going to throw out there. I think uh, I think Bogarts is going to finish ahead of him. Um, just a little more proven, uh, I think, a little more sustainable. Um not that Seager isn't very good. I just think, you know, as a rookie, um, there's definitely a chance for regression as film continues to come out, as Major League Pitching gets used to him. Um, but I guess you could also say he's going to get used to Major League Pitching even more and could potentially continue this. So um, I guess it's whatever side of the coin you want to fight for. Well, here, here's the interesting thing. The only shortstops with more home runs right now than Corey Seager are Trevor Story and Manny Machado. Um, Story, obviously, the, the incredible start. I think it's fair to say, I think I think Seager catches Story in the home run department. Do you guys feel the same way? Yeah. Um, well, I think it's going to be really close. Um, I, I'll take Seager, though, slightly. Uh, he's just a better hitter. I think Machado, he's not going to catch Machado in the, in the power department, I, I don't believe. Um no, I doubt Gotta it. I figure Machado gets somewhere around thirty-five to, to forty, probably. So, I mean, obviously he might he might be the second best power you can you can provide at shortstop, and he's gonna bring it with like a two eighty to three hundred clip somewhere in the middle there. I, I gotta feel like. Um, so yeah, this kid's pretty special. This kid's pretty special. He, ha- he hasn't started running at all. It's not really a huge part of his game, but I, I think there might be a little bit of hidden speed there that maybe he starts to run a little bit at some point. Um, but yeah, I think he's more of a, a three guy, right behind Machado and and Bogarts for me. Kyle, where's he slot in for you? Same thing, third. Um, I have him. Yeah, I had him behind Bogarts. Um, but to answer the question about the home runs, I would take Story. Um, you know, just being in that ballpark, I think is going to give him the leg up, and I think it's going to be a close race. But if I had to bet, I'd take Story. I still think Correa's got a hot streak in him, too, so I'll, I'll still have Correa ahead of Seager. Um, but that's a absolutely dynamic top four at the shortstop position. Yeah, it's pretty sad when Carlos is kind of getting lost in the back of our yeah. minds. I mean, he's been so cold lately, um, hoping that he, he can maybe figure it out and 
I think he will. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving the shortstop position in baseball right now. This is a lot of fun um, watching some of these guys play. We, we talked about how weak it was. I, that was one of the things I was going to do a trivia question today, but I thought it might be a little too hard. There's 10 shortstops in, in the top 100 of, uh, of the rankings. 10. We, we thought it was a really weak position, and, and it turns out that we it's not. Yeah. Um, you have the names in front of you? Yeah, I, I was going to say, let's take a stab. Let's do it. Don't All right. up unless you want us to do it. <laughs> All right, a little <laughs> mid-show trivia. Here we go. Um, I'll, I'll start. Corey Seager. Corey Seager is seventh, yes. Seventh-rated player. Shortstop. Trevor Story. Trevor Story is sixth. Uh, Manny Machado. Manny Machado was fourth. Xander Bogarts. He is second. Ian Desmond. Desmond is first. These you're saying first shorts first for shorts. Shortstop. Okay. Yep. Uh, Jonathan VR. He is third. Aledmus Diaz. He is ninth. Um, Eduardo Nunez is up there. Yep. He is fifth. Who we have left? I'm losing. How many? Out. How many more do we have left? Is the question. Actually, there are eleven. I'm sorry, there are eleven in the top hundred. All right, how many do we name so um, far? You got Desmond, Bogarts, VR, Machado, Nunez, Story, Seager. Uh, Diaz is ninth. You need. You did not say the tenth, eleventh, or eighth. Um, real quick, since we're talking shortstops, um, is Troy Tulowitzki good? Are we sure he's still good? He's not good. Okay. He's uh, not. Um, Kyle, this isn't an official guess. Is Eugenio Suarez in the top 11? What do you think? Yeah, definitely. You do? A Eugenio Suarez. He is ninth. Nice. Yeah, he's definitely up there. Nice I'm sorry, he's 10th. I'm sorry. 10th. So we got 8 and 11 left. Is Gene Segura still up there? No, he's not. Don't guess that. Okay. I won't guess it then. I was just asking your opinion. <laughs> um, um, we didn't say Correa yet. He's not in the top 100. He can't be. We haven't said him. He's not in the top 100. He can't be. No, not to the way he's been playing. Um, what about... What about your boy, Brandon nah, Crawford? That's stupid. What about your... Crawford? No. Nah. Marcus Simeon. No, that's a bad he's guess. Not. He's got 11 bombs, though. He's 16. Don't say that. <laughs> two, two names out um, here. Um... Numbers eight and eleven, and uh, kind of surprising that that we're taking this long. Yeah, that means they're not real short stops. Really? Uh, oh, Lin- Francisco Lindor. Lindor is eighth. Uh, that was That's a surprising one for me. Call. He is eighth. Having a nice year. Number 11. Um, I love when we do this just riveting silence on the podcast. <laughs> it's, it's outstanding. Always. Silence is deafening. Uh, um, all right. 30 seconds. Countdown. Got you on the clock. You guys get one guess each. Um... This is probably a bad guess. 
How has Addison Russell been playing? Terrible. He is yeah. 21st, I believe. Well, I didn't guess him, so don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Don't beat yourself up, guys. It's Carlos Correa. He's a Starling Cats. It's Carlos Correa, Kyle. He's he, in the top 100. He's 95th overall. What's his stat um, line looking like these days? Hitting 254, but uh, the big start with eight homers and eight stolen bases. So That'll do it. Yeah, had a nice little start to the season to keep him up there. And Zach Cozart's actually pushing pushing the top 100 as well. So he's also a pretty nice start too. An embarrassment of riches at the shortstop position in Cincinnati. How do you feel about that, Kyle? All right, next next guy, Brandon Moss. Um, Brandon Moss, just doing Brandon Moss things. He's only hitting two thirty nine, five seventy slug. He actually has the highest OPS of anybody on this list that we're talking about tonight. Nine oh two, um, three thirty one on base to go with that two thirty average. So he's walking. Um, only one hundred and sixty three plate appearances, which is the lowest on this list. Also by um, more than 40 plate appearances, but he's got 13 bombs, uh, 31 runs scored, 29 RBIs. Like I said, he's just doing Brandon Moss things, eating baseballs. Um, how viable is what he's doing, and how much do you guys value a skill set like what Brandon Moss has? Man, it makes me think just when the, the pace that he's been on, it kind of makes me think every day, am I positive I won the deal that I made last year? Um I mean, every player that I traded, I thought at the time, weren't very good. Except for Seeger. Except Seager. for Seeger. Yeah. And they all seem to be playing really well. I mean, Moss is no different. And this is kind of the Moss that I, I traded for last year. The one I was expecting. Yeah, this is the Moss that we both missed out on when yeah. we traded for him. <laughs> this is kind of the Moss that, that we were looking looking forward to having on our team. Um, supplying that steady source of power. And I think this is the Moss you can kind of rely on to an extent. Um, we've seen we've seen the bad Brandon Moss before. Um, we've both kind of been a little bit burned by it. Um, he's not going to give you average. He's just not going to do it. But he, he's a steady source of power. Um, pretty tough against right-handed pitching. When he, when he gets in a groove, he, he can knock the ball out of the yard. So, I mean, he, he's definitely worth a spot on your roster, I think, it, it, in, especially in deeper leagues. I mean, you gotta got to get him in there. Where, when power is at such a premium... Um, a guy that's going to probably give you 25, maybe 30. Um, you got, he's got to be on your team. So I, I, I like what Moss is doing. And you think it can stick? To an extent, I said. I mean, <laughs> you always got to be aware there's going to be some cold stretches for him. Um, and you got to be aware of the fact that he's going to go on some runs where he's going to kill you in batting average probably. But, I mean, power's, power's tough to find. It's tough to find in majors. And he's a guy that's proven that he can – be a steady source of it so um i am on the completely other side of this i have no respect for him and no interest in having him on my team um <laughs> why don't you have any respect for him that seems a little I shallow don't, i don't like having guys that are just power i guess is what it comes down to all right are you saying this, Kyle? I mean, obviously, we know about your roster in our in our sixteen team league. He he doesn't really have a place for your team um, on that roster. Um, if you're in a league, a sixteen team league that's not this, not ours, 
Brandon Moss has a spot on someone's roster, right? I mean, it, yeah. we're not talking about a guy that. Is, no, he. Is, I think he's startable in twelve team league. Yeah, he's got to be on someone, someone's roster, pro- and starting probably. Yeah, he's. I mean, if if you're missing, a, if you need a corner infielder, this is the guy to have. Is that what's kind of swaying your opinion here, Kyle, or are you just out on the guy completely? I don't roster guys that only hit home runs in any league. I don't know. That's just something that I try to stick by. I try to group my stuff, and uh, especially at corner. I, I always tend to pay for corner and get top guys. Um, so I guess that's where it's coming from. Um, yes, he's rosterable, but I don't like him. All right, here's a little um, fun with numbers here. Matt Adams and Brandon Moss together, 308 plate appearances, which is 25 more than George Springer, so it's a little higher than what guys have right now. But the two of them combined, if they were one player, the Cardinals would have a player with 21 homers, 60 RBIs, and 50 runs scored. Um, those two guys, it's been nice seeing the Cardinals find time for both of them and both guys producing and um, both guys being fantasy relevant in limited plate appearances. So I didn't think playing time would be there for either of them, but uh, they're both getting time. They're both doing well. So yeah, Kind of just the Cardinal way, huh? Cardinal way. I mean, not a lot of guys in on either of those <clears throat> two names at the beginning of the year and both, uh, both supplying uh, fantasy relevant numbers, definitely. All right, let's move over to the pitching side. First guy to talk about, Tyler Chatwood. Um, 2.8 ERA, only 49 strikeouts in 77 innings and 7 wins. Um, He's just getting it done for the Rockies though right now. Do you guys have any faith in what Chatwood's doing this year? Because I don't. I'm not in on Chatwood. I'm out. Um, Tough for me to fall in love with Colorado pitchers. He's certainly off to a great start this year. Strikeouts aren't enough for me. Um, if I'm going to invest in a Colorado pitcher, I'm going to need someone that's going to throw the ball by people. And that's not really his forte. If I can get him in, in starts in San Diego, <clears throat> by all means, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to jump on that. Um, but I'll probably stick away from him at home, uh, unless he's facing maybe the Braves. <laughs> that's about it. Yeah, I'm in the same boat here. I, do, I just don't like Colorado pitchers. Um, I... Would definitely spot start him away from home. Um, I don't even know what his splits are, so maybe he's been just as good at home as he has been away. But uh, him throwing in Colorado just scares me. Um, so that was going to be I my would throw him if he's away. That's going to be my next question. Would you guys spot start him away? And I wouldn't even do that. I don't think. Um, I just can't get behind guys that strike out forty nine batters in seventy seven innings. It's just not going to get it done, in my opinion. Um, we'll move on quickly from Chadwood to Alex Colome. Um, Boxberger's out. Brad Boxberger out for more time with a strained oblique after having core surgery. How good do you guys think Alex Colome can be? And are we looking at a top closer here or just another raised bullpen reclamation project? I think we're looking at a top closer. <laughs> um, and... I wasn't positive about that going into this year. I mean, when he when he first got the job, but this guy's been lights out, man. He's been outstanding. And the thing that kind of concerns me is 
the fact that I feel like they were going to give that job back to Boxberger if he's healthy. And I don't know why, because Colomay has been outstanding. Um, so I, I think we're looking at a guy that this role <laughs> just kind of fits. It just kind of works out for him. So, yeah, I'm in on Colomay. I think I think he, he's a legit closer. Shane, I feel like I've been agreeing with you most of the night, and I'm going to have to agree with you again. Um, it's a smart thing to yeah, do. Yeah, Colomay just – he just <laughs> – yeah, anyways – um, Calme just kind of looks like a closer. I don't know. He has that like weirdness to him that makes you a closer. Wears his hat a little bit to the side. Looks like there's just a little bit off with him. Um, but gets it done. So uh, I think he's a guy that sticks and continues to do well. He's off, but but not John Rocker off. <laughs> right, exactly. You never want to be John Rocker off. <laughs> and the other guy I think of when I think of relief pitchers that are. Slightly off. How about this blast from the past? Turk Wendell. <laughs> His saber tooth yeah, uh, yeah. tiger. That dude had a couple it. screws loose up in the uh, up between the ears. The one thing that worries me about Colme, he's pitching all the time. He's I think he threw four days in a row at one point. He did. And they're using him for more than an inning sometimes too. Um, he's thrown twenty seven innings already this year, and he's not on a great team so. Yeah, usually when I go through my my bullpen, looking who I'm gonna pick up maybe in for some bullpen help throughout the day, it's like Colomay's pitched in four straight, and it's like pick up uh, Zav- another name from the Rays, <laughs> Xavier Cedeno. And then I look up and Colomay still pitches that day, and it's like uh, I can't even have faith in th- this anymore. Um, they're just kind of running him out there, so you, you hope he doesn't get burned out. Yeah, um, I like Colomay. Obviously, I'm the owner in our 16 team league, and. It's paid off in a big way, and he's another guy. I'm just going to hold on because I think it's legit. I think the skills are, are real for him. Speaking of how legit you feel the skills are, Kenta Maeda, another guy, Shane, we've talked about how much you have invested in Maeda this season. Nine strikeouts last night. Um, it's not really Maeda-like that we've seen so far. Um, is he a guy that you're looking to hold on or someone that you're looking to sell high? Man... The thing is, I don't think you're going to be able to sell him high. Um, obviously, I own him in all three of my leagues. Um, and he's done really well. He's been really good. Um, he's kind of just that steady source. He's, he's not going to go out and give you eight, nine innings. And he's not pitching deep into games, but he's giving you five, six, six plus, and he's giving you solid innings. So he's kind of, I think I'm going to stick. I think I'm going to stick with him. I don't think I'm going to be able to get the value in return that I would want for this guy. Because I, I think I, I value him a little bit more than, than other people do. I mean, that's the case a lot. What a lot of us do with, with our own players. We kind of feel like they're better than than maybe than what's out there. But I don't know. I, he's kind of like the stabilizing force of my rotation, for especially in, in our 16-team league. Um, yeah, my thoughts on Maeda are that, you know, he's – clearly legit um he's proving that you know he can pitch and he can pitch well um you know not too far off from a strikeout per inning stuff that you want to see uh definitely enjoy that low whip of just over one so um if i'm a maeda owner i'm very happy uh and i think shane's right i don't i don't think he's a guy that you can sell uh this soon um 
I just don't think there's enough hype around him for that to get the value that he's given you. I agree with what you guys are saying about not being able to sell high enough on Maeda, same as we talked about with Will Myers. Um, when when do you get to a point where people actually believe in the skill set? Because by then it's almost too late because then you yourself are believing in the skill set and you don't want to move a player like that. I mean, here's the thing I like about Maeda. I mean, he's going to go out there and give, usually you're going to get six innings and he's not going to hurt you and when he gives you the great six innings, he really helps you by, by not giving up a bunch of hits. You don't have to really worry about the blow-up with him. So, I mean, that's kind of why I like him on my team so much. I just don't know that he's ever going to reach that potential where everyone's going to be invested in a guy like this. Yeah, he's not Darvish. Yeah, I mean, he just doesn't. he's not going to strike out enough guys. He doesn't, he doesn't throw the ball hard enough to, to carry that kind of value. But we're kind of looking at what Hisashi Iwakuma was when he was really good a few years ago. And that's kind of what we have right right now with, with Maeda. I think Iwakuma eventually started going deeper into games than, than what we're seeing. You'd like to see him turn in those seven, eight-inning outings, but it doesn't seem like that's going to be the plan for him this year. Anything else to add, Kyle? No, I think I'm set on him. All right, Julio Tehran. Uh, I was shocked when I saw Julio Tehran's stat line today. Um 82 innings, 77 strikeouts. Only two wins because, well, the Braves. Um, we all know about that situation. But a 2.85 ERA and a 1.02 WHIP. Um, you guys feel like Tehran's back or not? Or is this another Shelby Miller of last season? No, I think he's better than Shelby Miller. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Uh, I think, obviously kidding. I think we all think that. Yeah, but you but, understand the comparison I was making there yeah. with the Braves and not winning games and pitching well. Yeah, I mean, obviously... <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> obviously, uh, he's been phenomenal this year. Uh, one of the bright spots for the Bravos. Um, here's another guy that was really hyped coming uh, coming up through the minor leagues. Had, uh, had some success early on. And then it kind of went away. Went away last year and everyone was kind of wondering what's wrong. And now it's back. I, I think it's real. I think Tehran's pretty good. I think I was I was out on him in the beginning of the year, but just seeing the way he's throwing the ball this year, uh, I think I'm back on the train. I will not be getting back on that train. Um, I think I think your comparison to Shelby Miller might be good. Um, I think he's going to fall off the wagon um, and come back to earth a little bit here. You have to like the way he's pitching on a bad team. Um, the wins obviously kill you, but he's similar to Maeda in the fact that I guess his he's not really blown up at all. Um, I feel like with him there is the potential to blow up, you know, once a month or so and really have a bad outing, but I haven't really seen that yet from him. So Yeah, I mean, the great starts <clears throat> you're going to get from him are going to be a little better than what Maeda gives you, and his bad starts are probably going to be a little worse than what Maeda gives you. So it's more of a... Um, risk-reward kind of thing there with, with him. But I, I still think I'm in. I mean, the strikeout numbers are, are still nice. They're, I mean, striking out just about a guy a guy every inning. So I'm, I'm in on Tehran. All right, next guy, Michael Fulmer. Uh, my question on Fulmer is, will he be the top rookie pitcher that we see this year when it's all said and done? Now, take that with a grain of salt. Obviously, there's guys that we're going to like better, but is he going to be the top one at the end of the year. 
Well, I don't know if you forgot about the name or if you really think he's going to pass him, but I, I wrote down Steven Matz as soon as I saw the question. Yeah. Uh, technically still the rookie. Um, I think Matz is going to end up ahead of him. But Fulmer could catch him. It could be, it could be a close race. I, I think just the head start maybe maybe helps Matz out a little bit. I, I think I think Matz ends up number one, but there's no reason Fulmer can't be right there close second. Yeah, I would probably say similar things. I think maybe this is a similar similar situation to you forgetting Machado earlier. Um, just kind of let Matt slip your mind. Well, I meant mid-season call-up, but yeah. Yeah. So um, if we're going mid-season call-up, yeah, I mean, he's he's got the jump start on the other guys that I think I'll like more in this situation. So uh, I guess it comes down to do I think Michael Fulmer will continue to pitch well, and I do. So um I think he will finish up there, um, striking out a ton of guys and not letting a lot of guys get on base. Uh, great combination. Yeah, I really like Fulmer, and I'm going to need some crow here because when we talked about him, I kind of said he's profiling as a reliever. I didn't think that he would stick in the rotation. He's great. Uh, I really like Fulmer. His starts have been uh, have been good watches. Uh, it's definitely been a, a guy you sit down and you like to watch throw. Uh 49 strikeouts, and the first outing wasn't so good, but he's really been lights out since then. So I'm trying to think back of what, what our player comps were for Fulmer. Uh, you said Kurt Schilling. I think I said Kurt Schilling. I said Isringhausen. Time out. You said Jason Mott, too. Uh, I said Mott as well when, when after you guys were talking about the bullpen, but uh, I said Schilling uh, as my starting pitching comp. I at least said Tanner Roark. Okay, you did. You did. Yeah, I think you're wrong with that. You like Roark? Yeah, you don't? No, not really. I don't know. It's got a little Chatwood in him, in my opinion, but... <laughs> I'm waiting for Roark to come back down to earth. Uh, I think he's been a little better than... Better than he should be. Uh, another rookie pitcher, Vince Velasquez. This is not really a rookie, but he's a young guy. Um, throws two pitches yesterday and leaves with bicep tightness and... The two pitches were 87 miles an hour, so that's a huge, huge concern. My question is, if you guys are the Velasquez owner in a dynasty league, with news of that injury yesterday, you try to move him to a seller who may see Velasquez as uh, a building block of the future, or do you hold on to him because of that tremendous upside that we saw uh, so far this year? I think I'm selling right away. I am selling getting out from underneath this um if it is an elbow and it needs tommy john again um could be out the entire year next year probably too so i'm really not willing to wait around for two more years for for another reclamation project of waiting waiting for a guy to get healthy um so i'm selling right away if i'm in, in a dynasty league and yeah let's see what i can get yeah, I would say I'm selling if I'm an owner and I'm not buying if I'm someone else. Um, I mean, I guess we've got to wait and see what the issue here is. But, uh, you know, obviously, big red flag when you lose that much velocity. Yeah, kudos to all the owners that sold him after that 16-strikeout performance um, against the Padres. I know my dad, was, my dad owned him in a league, and I told him, after that start, I'm like, you got to get rid of this guy because I. the reason I said that at the time was because I knew that 
the Phillies were eventually going to shut him down at one point. And I saw an interesting uh, tweet last night after this happened that yesterday Velasquez hit the pitch count mark of what he did all of last season as far as total pitches thrown and in the season. Um, I think this guy maybe profiles as a closer. I don't know if he's built to necessarily do what starting pitchers should do, unfortunately. Yeah, just a max effort guy. Yeah. Um, and it's so hard to just be max effort and pumping that hard for, for seven, eight innings. Um, maybe he, hopefully, hopefully it's nothing serious. I mean, you know, obviously you don't want to see anyone get hurt. Um, obviously, with especially with the talent that he has, um, it's, it's always fun to watch him throw. But, yeah, maybe he profiles as more of a setup guy, ninth inning guy even, um, that can just go out and, and throw smoke for one inning. Yeah, the other interesting thing that I saw is that the Phillies, apparently in the Giles deal, were really pushing to get Lance McCullers instead of Velasquez, and Houston wouldn't budge on McCullers. They were uh, more than willing to give up Velasquez, though, so I'm wondering if there really are some like long-term health issues here that we're going to have to be worried about with him as a starting pitcher. So The narrative around him coming into this season was that he maybe is... You know, a reliever type similar to Ken Giles, um, which if that's what the Phillies got in Velasquez, there's some value there, as we've seen with guys like Dallin Batances and stuff, but um, definitely would have liked to see this guy be a starter um, for his career. So it's unfortunate, um, not only for Phillies fans, but for fantasy owners, I think that this just might be what this guy is. I mean, I don't, I don't even think it'll be... I mean, obviously it's unfortunate if you have a guy capable of being a dominant starter it's never a good thing to lose him but I, th- I think there's enough uh coming up there in Philadelphia as far as starting pitching that if he could turn into a dominant reliever I think they'd be okay with that um they got some nice arms coming up um that are young and that I think can can hold down the rotation without him yeah no I, I definitely agree I, I'm not saying that it's the end of the world but you know when you see a guy that going back to that Jose Fernandez skill set you almost hate to see them only throw three, four, five innings a week when they could be throwing 10 to 15. So. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he's a lot of fun to watch, and it's going to be a bummer that we're only going to see him a couple times if they do do that. Yeah. All right, so that wraps up the 12 guys we wanted to talk about tonight. <clears throat> Have two rookie comps to just go over quickly here. Uh, Jameson Tyone gets the call up. Yesterday throws well in his start against, um, I forget who he threw against now. The Mets. The Mets. Um, what do you guys think, Jameson Tyone? Uh, who's who's his comp out there? I went with Josh Beckett. Um, just because I, I actually got a chance to watch him yesterday. Um, pretty good fastball velocity. and I went with Beckett just because the hammer curveball. Uh, it was pretty good. Curveball's pretty good. Um, obviously, I, I, it's going to take him a little while, I think, to command as 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 well as Beckett did. And clearly, like we said earlier, being generous with the comparison, but just with the look like with the fastball velocity, big guy, and hammer curveball kind of reminded me of Beckett. Yeah, I want a little less. Um talent here when I picked my guy um, I don't know it, there's not a ton of things that 
transfer over, I guess. But something about him when I watch him throw remind me of Matt Lathos. Um, so that's who I got. Um, I guess a guy that I think can come out and be really good and you know may tail off. Who knows? Um, but I guess he wouldn't be super frustrated if you end up with a guy like that. Um, all right, so my comp, it's funny you mentioned the curveball, Shane, because I went with Ben Sheets, um, another guy with a nice deuce. Probably doesn't have the velocity that Beckett has, um, but I think that you know Ben Sheets obviously had a time where he was one of the top arms in the league, but he flamed out rather quickly. Um, you know, Tyone had Tommy John in 14, so you worry about that, of course. Um, but if he turns out to be Ben Sheets, I think Pirates fans would be happy. Yeah, definitely. It was, it was a blast from the past. You watch this guy throw, it just came to my mind. Uh, what do you think? I think he might be a little better than this, but it kind of reminds me of Justin Masterson, maybe. Yeah. When he throws. He's got that long arm yeah. delivery, uh, real long arms coming in. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Speaking of long, his counterpart that you know we always talk about when we're talking about Tyone, and I think everybody thought that Tyler Glasnow would be the first Pirates pitcher up. Um, Glasnow struggled a little bit this year, and I think that's why Tyon got the bump up before him. But my Glasnow comp was Josh Beckett, so um, we were both kind of on the same page. Fireballer, you know, Glasnow can get up to 98, 99 miles an hour. He's six foot seven, so that's not really what Beckett was. But um, who do you guys got for Glasnow? I went with Scherzer and Verlander. Uh, kind of reminds me of both guys. Um, little, maybe a little more Scherzer in him than, than Verlander, I feel like. But I think they're pretty comparable guys. Um, obviously, the guy's big dude. Throws really hard. Uh, seeing a lot of Randy Johnson comparisons from yeah. the right side. Yeah. Um, I saw a Nolan Ryan comp today. Like, come on. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go Scherzer, Verlander. Definitely excited to see this guy when he comes up. Yeah, I actually also have trouble pinpointing an exact person in um, the one I landed on was Max Scherzer. So, um, you know, just the, the strikeout potential and, um, you know, the way he throws. I think, uh, I think he has a great career ahead of him. So to be clear, we all do not think that Tyler Glasnow is going to be the next Nolan Ryan. So, Yeah, I, uh, I'm, not, I'm out on that. I don't think there's seven no-hitters in this guy's future, <laughs> but uh, we'll see. All right, that's all we got for tonight here at Red Triangle Sports. Um, thanks for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Definitely had fun talking about some of these players that are uh, doing well so far and hoping that a couple of them keep it going. So, um, you know, we'll get together next week and we'll see if some of these guys maybe tailed off on the hot streaks that they're on right now. But let's hope Will Myers is not one of them. So, uh, for Kyle Stramara and Shane Stein, I'm Matt Kozlowski. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you guys next week.